You're listening to Bloom After Baby, the podcast. We're your hosts, Rachel Daggett and Jen Jordan. We're a therapist and a doctor and and both moms moms of two. We're here to discuss the mental health and wellness needs that are unique to motherhood. From confusing hormone swings to your expanding body to boundaries in tricky relationships, we'll give you the information you need to experience motherhood in a way that feels good to you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Let's get to it. Welcome back to our podcast, A Bit Frazzled with Bloom After Baby. This is Rachel here with you today, and I am meeting today with Amy Quinn, licensed clinical social worker and certified eating disorder specialist. Um, We're focusing our, our chat today on the topic of body image, body gratitude, body acceptance, body love, all those things around that, especially during the perinatal, so postpartum and pregnancy periods. So if you know me, you know that I have a practice primarily initially built around this population. And something I am super, super passionate about is helping women heal their relationships with their bodies and their body image and self-image and just changing our cultural attitudes towards not just food and dieting, but also body size and body image and self-esteem and all the things that come along with that. Amy also does incredible work with this. I actually have learned so much from her in my clinical training. I've consulted with her on many cases. We've shared these cases and I just love her spirit and her light. She's a beautiful human being in and out. And she has so much to offer all of us, whether you have a history with an eating disorder or disordered eating or a troublesome or complicated relationship with your body and your body image and self-image. During the perinatal period, our bodies are in a really vulnerable place and our our views of ourselves can change while our bodies also change. Jen and I really wanted to, for this topic to be something we started the year off for you guys because we kind of want to help drown out the sound of all of the New Year's resolution, New Year, New Me talk for women as a whole, but especially for mamas who are pregnant and expecting and growing a baby or who are recovering and in postpartum because it's just so incredibly important that we tune into our bodies during that time and treat our bodies with love and respect during that time. There's obviously things that Dr. Jenny will educate us more about as time goes on. There are some medical conditions and health concerns that can come up and can make weight or weight gain or nutrition an area of focus and of importance in pregnancy and postpartum. We really want to encourage non-shaming language around this and really just at the end of the day coming home to our bodies and allowing our bodies to do what they need to do and to honor our needs and our body's needs to heal and recover and build these babies, these human beings from scratch, and just to be kinder to ourselves. Dr. Jen and I did do an episode kind of starting our conversation around this where I shared a personal story around a not-so-good encounter with an OB around pregnancy weight gain, and so we have a lot of posts on our social media, our Instagram, around just rethinking how we talk about weight gain during pregnancy and not overgeneralizing or having overly rigid views of weight restrictions and just knowing that health is so much more than a number. I'm so excited to have Amy here today. I know she has so much to to tell us and to encourage you about. And full disclosure, I want to let you know that 
Amy does lead us through a mindfulness practice for the first few minutes of the episode. I participated in it fully and it was so calming for me to go through it. And so I hope that you are able to take the time, just maybe five minutes at the beginning of our episode of our recording to sit in it and see what comes up for you and see how it feels for you to just pause and dive in and check in with yourself and your body. If you are not in a place where that is just not your cup of tea right now, maybe you're driving or you're just not feeling doing a mindfulness meditation practice right now, please feel free to fast forward through that and maybe you can go back to it later. But just full disclosure, I want you all to know what's coming up at the beginning of our recording here. So without further ado, let's go ahead and hear from my dear friend and colleague, Amy Quinn. Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so, so grateful for your time and your energy and being here. What I love most about Amy is just her beautiful soul and genuineness. I'm really grateful that she's here to share her energy and her time and her heart with all of you. And if you are pregnant or postpartum, I'm so grateful that you can get a little taste of what Amy has to offer us in this super, super vulnerable and scary time for a lot of new mamas. Thanks so much for having me, my love. So mainly we're focusing on body image and body gratitude. And I know for me, one of the biggest shocks of pregnancy and postpartum was coming to terms with this new body. And not even just around like shape or size, but also just how differently your body functions and how much fundamental change there is. One big thing that Jen and I want to talk about in our curriculum and in our future courses is the idea of body gratitude. So really trying to shift that focus on all of the amazing, magical, miraculous things our bodies are doing. And I know you do a lot of that with your clients. And so I was hoping you could lead us through a little grounding exercise body scan just to get us started today. Okay. Mindfulness and centering is so essential for us to find our ease and peace. If you can find a comfortable seat, I want to invite you to close your eyes or have a soft gaze down. Put one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly. And I also offer you to give yourself a little gentle rub, like a soothing, nurturing, hugging rub, just as you would to do to a little baby. And know that when you are nurturing yourself, that that inner child that only helps you regulate and center and be able to expand your capacity for peace and love, compassion for yourself. So take a long, deep and smooth breath in and a big releasing exhale out. And I want you to drop down into this soul space, the space where you are your most authentic self and breathe into her, mama. This is the essence of you which is most important. Our soul self is the self that if we didn't have a body, our loved ones would know we're in the room by our laugh, our energy, 
the way we love. Take a nice, long, deep and smooth breath in. And a big releasing exhale out. Connecting with that soul self, which is pure love. And coming back to the physical body and noticing if you have any pain or discomfort. Where am I feeling tension? Notice what feels easy to feel grateful for with the physical body. And perhaps what may not feel as easy. Be curious about that. So I'm going to go through the top of our head to the tip of our tootsie toes and offer some loving gratitudes for you to take with you. And I encourage you to practice every day. Loving compassion, self-talk, and gratitude because as a woman, our bodies are incredible. We can create miracles with them. And we don't talk about that enough. They're so strong. So coming to our beautiful head, how it supports us, contains this beautiful brain our eyes, which we can see the world, see our loved ones and our babies, our noses, smelling beautiful flowers, scents, yummy foods, gratitude to our ears for hearing music, laughter, our mouths, lips, tasting flavors, giving kisses, and our shoulders and arms. Gratitude for these arms to hug, to hug ourselves, to hug our babies, to hug our partners. Gratitude for our chest, which holds our heart. Mm, that offers so much love. Gratitude for our breasts. They change in prenatal and in postpartum. They're able to feed our children. That is a miracle. Coming down to our bellies. Now this can be, and most common, a part that is difficult to have gratitude, but is most important. It is where we house our baby. And we create a whole new organ in there, the placenta. And giving our beautiful bellies gratitude for 
expanding and homing our babies, feeding and nourishing ourselves and our babies. Gratitude and compassion and nurture is essential. Coming down to our hips, these are so powerful. We hold so much emotion in those hips. They need tending. So I encourage you to put your hands on your hips and rub them every day. Give those hips love. They keep our legs in place, our torso. They do so much in allowing us to function. Gratitude for our pelvis and our bum, allowing us to have cushion as we sit. Gratitude for our legs, and this can be another difficult spot. And I offer that curiousness and compassion self-talk any negative judgment or comparison is from stigma and society and it is not important. Coming back to that soul self that is pure love. That's what we want to share and model to our children and to our youth. Coming back to our strong legs that help us walk around, run, be close to the people that we love, get us from point A to point B. And last but not least, our feet and our toes. I always like to give those feet a nice rub. There's so many nerve endings in our feet that can offer a beautiful emotional release when you give them some tending. So I encourage that. Our feet root us to Mother Earth. Whenever you feel tired, overwhelmed, anxious, depressed. Know that you're not alone. And there's so many amazing humans and supports out there that will hold space for you and lift you. And with daily gratitude with self and with body, that is that support that you will encompass and embody. So when you're ready, bringing your hands to your heart and one to your belly, take one more nice, long, deep and smooth breath in. And a big releasing exhale out. 
Give yourself one more loving, nurturing hug before we return. And when you're ready, you may open your eyes. How do you feel? I don't want to come back. <laughs> I don't want to stay there longer. Well, thank you, Amy. That um, maybe just five minutes, right? We can get to a calm, loving, nurturing, compassionate place with ourselves in such a short time. It really is incredible. Even as a mind-body focused therapist myself, every time I do my own exercise like this, particularly when I'm led through it by someone else that I feel safe with and know your voice is so soothing to me as it is, just reminded of how imperative it is that we practice this on a daily basis. Because mm -hmm. sitting here, we're coming off of the holidays right now as we record this. And as it'll be released, it'll still be January. Ooh, my anxiety is spiking. And my kids are downstairs right now with my hubby. And he's hanging with them, but I can hear them, right? And as we were going through that, I could notice I heard the baby squawking or Reed talking or whining or whatever. And I could feel my adrenaline and cortisol spike, like really. And then just having that ability to come back in, focus on your voice, focus on where we are in the body. It's just something that we need to and can do on a regular daily basis to help us during those real life moments of overstimulation and anxiety. And thank you. I needed that this morning. And I hope if you are listening, I hope you can also come back to this episode. Like we will tag it and remind you, our followers and listeners, where this episode is. So, you know, you can come back to it anytime you feel like you need some grounding and need also just some gratitude of what your body is doing when you're having a hard body image day. Thank you, Amy. You're welcome. Something else I wanted to share. I do this with my kids every night. We just like part of our night routine when I put them to bed, we say, and I put my head or my hands on their head and then on their chest mm -hmm. and they repeat after me. We say, calm mind, calm body. I love my mind. I love my body. Rest my mind. Rest my body. I love my mind. I love my body. And then we say time to dream, time to sleep, time to dream, time to sleep. Yeah. It's like for myself and for them. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. So one of my favorite things that you teach about is the soul self. And you mentioned it a little bit in that exercise. And I remember one time you doing a talk about it in our South Bay Eating Disorder Coalition in our quarterly events. And I was pregnant at the time. I was newly pregnant and so, so sick. I think I was like 30 minutes late to the meeting. I was the president at the time. So it was like, it was just stress. so stressed, so sick. Somehow I made it there, but I was so glad I did because you led through us through one of these and I made it on time for that. But I remember you talking about how when you know you're in touch with that soul self because you can often like notice the tone of someone's voice will change or like the volume or there's signs that someone who's in the room with you or who you're working with or talking to they've dropped into that place and i can certainly feel it and i love that you talked about that day because i never had thought about it that way or noticed it so will you just share a little bit about what you mean when you talk about the soul self and how how can moms find that part of themselves and what does that really mean 
Sure. I was introduced to this concept, soul self, in my work at a treatment center, Montanito. And pioneer Carolyn Costin wrote a book about the eating disorder self and the soul self. And it was such Mm -hmm. a resonating concept for me. And we talked a lot about, about that in that talk, but it doesn't, you don't have to have an eating disorder, right? It can be a critical self or the unsupportive self. I use that a lot in my work with mamas. So whatever Mm -hmm. kind of resonates for you, it's that critical self. It's that negative narrative and just being able to discern the difference. Right. So when am I feeling more dysregulated emotionally? We're probably in a place of an unsupportive self because we're tired or we're getting caught up in comparison or there's judgment or we just need a a break. And the soul self is really connecting to our needs and nourishing our body physically, emotionally, spiritually, and regulating and having this alignment, this attunement where there is this ease and ability to find comfort. And I keep coming back to ease because when I'm in my soul self, I feel such ease because I'm normally a hyperactive, anxious human. And so it takes a lot of effort for me and I practice daily so that I can continue to experience these moments. We're spiritual beings as humans. And so the soul self connects us to this like spiritual part of like, like a universal connection to our world. And so we're then not connected so much to what's not so important, stigma or like societal norms or pressures that we talked about ego before we were getting on this call. That's all like the ego base of, oh my gosh, I got to get, I got, I'm not good enough or my house isn't clean or everything's a mess. And there's just judgment after judgment. And so that's really being able to discern the difference between the unsupportive self or critical self, or if somebody does Mm -hmm. struggle with disordered eating or has an eating disorder, then you want to discern, okay, that's the eating disorder self that's telling me Mm. I look fat or that I'm, I can't eat that because it's going to make me blow up. And it's, Mm. how is that serving you? And then when you start to explore how maybe our dialogues serve us, then you start to understand if they still are serving and if it's unsupportive or if they're not serving anymore and it's just habitual and how to intervene. So we're creating more of an attunement to connecting to that soul space. And a great way to practice this is actually dialoguing it out through a journaling. So writing out, this is like an unsupportive self. I'll give an example. I got no sleep last night because my kids were waking me up and I'm going to be late today and do terrible on this podcast. That was a thought that I had, right? (laughs) My soul self is that's really silly. Yes, I'm tired. I'm going to connect with somebody that I love very much and share my soul with so many mamas. And you always end with that soul self when you're doing that dialoguing by journaling it out because you want to end on that high note. And sometimes you need to keep going 
because that unsupportive self is going to be manipulative. And that's okay. That's part of the ego. That's part of just the human experience and being able to really practice. How can I challenge this unsupportive self and bring in more of a curiosity, compassionate narrative that I can embrace and love me and have gratitude for all the ebbs and flows of life's trials and tribulations. Love that. So we talk a lot about that idea of the curiosity and the compassion and in terms of approaching our partners and our children, especially if you have toddlers who are hard to manage at times and hard to approach with that compassion and curiosity when they're really in your face doing crazy things. But I love that you're bringing it back to meeting yourself with that first. Even that, even meeting that eating disorder or uh, unsupportive self with that curiosity and compassion. I love that piece of it too. Of I know in, in recovery, one of my favorite things from Carolyn's teachings, Carolyn Costin was that the ED self and the healthy self or the soul self, they also don't have to be demonized against each other. Like mm-hmm. we can, those they're both important parts of us that we can integrate. And so it's approaching that unhealthy part, that angry part, a resentful part, the inner critic with compassion of, okay, what part of me is feeling this and being triggered and how can I melt into her versus be angry and resistant to her? And so I love that dialogue piece because you can answer that critical part with compassion and curiosity rather than feeling hate towards it or critical towards it. It's just because that's just a cycle that we get in that's not helpful. Absolutely. It's a beautiful duality of like pain and acceptance or mm-hmm. pain and gratitude. And how can we like hold both and, and have an understanding to integrate for that healthier self? And it, yeah. it takes a lot of exploring. And I love writing it down because the way that we communicate in our mind is can be very quick. And then actually writing things down slows the mind down and slows our processing. So it's not just this like rapid fire and then you forget what you were saying to yourself and then you're in this like hole of doom. And so, and and I love doing the dialogues because you're just like, wow, this just sounds ridiculous. This is so harsh. And with a lot of practice, you can come to that and really catch yourself. And this really shows up in our partnerships for sure. And I know what has what's helpful for me and my partnership is like taking a time out. Or a t- I like I'm like I need a time in with myself. Brianna mm-hmm. teaches that like instead of timeouts, you do time in to connect before you correct. And so I do that with my kids too, and I let them know mommy needs a, a time in to connect, and I'll be right back. I'm like, okay, mommy needs a time in. She needs a little alone time. So they know because I need to regulate or else I'll blow up. (laughs) You just, we're on little sleep. Our hormones are all over the place. We're stressed. We do so much as mothers. And it's really important to take that time just to be like, I don't feel okay right now. And I need to just regulate and that's okay. And sometimes if your partner isn't there and you're with your kids, it's okay to just sit down and cry and love on yourself. You're modeling that big emotions are safe to have. We were not taught that in our generation. 
and we can help support creating it differently for our youth. Yeah. That has been one of the most liberating things for me to realize actually experientially in parenting that I can cry in front of my babies and that's okay. And to, yeah, to be able to model that being safe and okay to do and then how to tap into yourself and help yourself regulate and self-soothe. Okay, and good to do. It's good for them to see that. It's so it's okay good. okay for them to know you. There, I think it's called, I'll have to send you the link. It's generation something. I'm just having a brain fart. But we created a calming corner with these awesome flyers that you can frame. And so I'll take my kids there when they're having tantrums and they point out like what feeling they have. And then there's like my calming strategies. And then there's like options to create your own. So we like to push feet a lot because like getting that energy out and then tapping like a butterfly, which is like an EMDR modality. Uh-huh. So have been very supportive. And so when I need a time in, my son, he's very intuitive. He comes over and he says, mommy, you want to push feet? Mommy sad? Oh, you want to have? And that, like, that, like, we're just teaching our children that it's okay to have big emotions and how to soothe and how to be a caretaker to help support soothing as well. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that, so Reedy has, he's got some sensory processing stuff. So for him, I've really learned all this proprioceptive input stuff, like with the tactile self-regulatory techniques for him. And it's helped me tap into that more too. But that there's a reason why getting, when we talk about energy and Jen, Dr. Jen will talk more about this, how it's actual chemicals and and neurochemicals, right? It's not just this woo energy we're talking about. It's actual Mm -hmm. cortisol and adrenaline that's pumping through your body. And that physical input, whether it's pushing on your feet or doing the butterfly tapping or getting or squeezing yourself really hard or getting squeezed really hard, holding an ice cube in your hand, that input actually does help bring yourself back into your body and regulate your nervous system. It's so powerful. I love that you do that with them and that they know. It's so cool. And I just want to also normalize like occupational therapy because my son also does that. And it is so supportive because he has some sensory processing as well. He wears glasses, so he doesn't receive all the input. And so it's really confusing, very easy to have big emotions and confusion when you're not getting all the input, learning these skills Mm -hmm. to best support your child is so important. But there is stigma that I hear all the time of, no, my kid doesn't have that. And it's no, like the labels, don't worry about that. Mm -hmm. That, Those are so unimportant. It is just finding out how can I best support my baby and their development, period, the end. Yes, period, the end. There doesn't even need to be a label or a diagnosis to it. And to be honest, I think due to the culture and the society that we have all adapted to, I think we all have difficulty processing sensory input because we are flooded constantly with it. And so I think we are all in need of that. And so definitely normalizing that. So helpful. Occupational therapy has, oh my, it has changed our lives with 3D. It's helped you guys too. One other question I have for you, 
I know your practice has evolved and paralleled your own personal journey like mine too. And I love how you found this beautiful marriage between your two niches of eating disorders and maternal mental health and perinatal health. And I know even if a woman has not had a formal diagnosis of an eating disorder or hasn't had a real history of disordered eating or a significant struggle with body image, although I would argue most women do to some level, how do you see new mamas, whether they've struggled with that stuff in their past or not, or currently, how do you see that showing up the most in your practice with a changing body and with just grappling with that in this culture? So interesting. Working primarily with clients who have struggled with disordered eating or eating disorders and also having clients who've never had an eating disorder. But there, I feel like everyone has some site some sort of disordered eating experience in their lifetime. What I see Mm -hmm. a lot when there's not any history that has been harmful with disordered Mm -hmm. eating is there is this urgency to get back to their pre-baby weight. And there is Mm -hmm. so much attention and energy put into that, which actually takes away from their healing and their connection with baby. That's a hard truth. Mm-hmm. It we it takes nine months to grow a baby. And they say you shouldn't get pregnant again for 18 months after baby is born because that's what the research shows. Because your body needs to heal fully to be ready to go again. And we live in the society that is so fast. The pace is just impossible to keep Mm -hmm. up with. And so there is just what I see across the board with clients who struggled with eating disorders or not, this urgency to get their bodies back, to get back Mm -hmm. in shape because they're going to feel better. Attachment to, oh, I'm not going to feel my best unless I don't look my best. And that looking my best being so based upon what we're subliminally conditioned to believe is what looks the best. So it's unattainable, right? Because I see this all the time in my practice too, is we set these goals for ourselves and say, we're able to get there. Okay. Do you feel better now? Have you reached the, the place you wanted to be in your heart and your soul when you got to this, whatever it is, weight, size, however you, you look physically. And it's always maybe the surface level answer is yes. But if we really sit with it, it's never enough. It's constantly a priority. No, especially at this time of postpartum. Like your body just went through war. Yeah. Like truly, that's important, I think, for mamas to hear. Also to normalize it, that that is such a common struggle for moms is feeling like you have to get your body back. And it's reinforced everywhere. If If you're at the gym, like I know I was going to the gym the minute I could bring Blake to the daycare there for an hour, she was three months old. And people were like, they knew I just had a baby and that I was pregnant three, four months ago. When they saw me last, they were just, I was getting high fives. I was getting good for you, but I was just there to walk and lay down and cry. There's just so much reinforcement to getting your body back and bouncing back. And it's hard. It's really hard to protect your own healing and your own recovery when we're getting indirectly told 
to get back to your the self you were before, but it's not possible. Your body has forever, your body and soul like have changed because mm-hmm. of your pregnancy and you created a new life. So everything has just expanded. And what a beautiful thing. I love like being able to redirect that expansion or reframe it as a an amazing thing. An amazing you know? thing. And your heart just continues to grow. <laughs> you don't think you can love another baby as much as you love maybe your firstborn and then you have another one and your heart just expands. It's like when you meet right. wonderful relationships, your heart just expands when there's right. that soul to soul connection. That's what's mm-hmm. important. That's what you love. Totally. You don't care about what your friends look like. And if you do, let's talk about it. Let's talk about where does that come from? <laughs> yeah, That's part of like, Part of what Jen and I, we, it took us so long to name our little joint venture. We were so indecisive. But when we landed on Bloom after baby, we loved it so much because we really do want to reframe that idea of blooming, of expanding, opening, growing, getting bigger, which happens in every phase of motherhood from conception on to being right, to being good, to being healthy to being something to seek out rather than trying to shrink ourselves to fit into a box of what we think we should or are supposed to be or look like. So thank you for your wisdom, Amy. So two, two quick questions. If you could fill in, I didn't expect motherhood to be so. Oh, so exhausting that I could become rageful at times. Like the motherhood rage that's a thing. Just the horn. Isn't it? It's, and for you, because we that's one big topic Jen and I want to talk about a lot and demystify. Did Do you remember when you first started experiencing the, those mom rage episodes and what did that feel like for you? Yeah. I literally had to have a pillow and I would just scream into it like as loud as I could. And I would have to say you to my husband, you need to be away from me because I don't want to hurt you with my words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, just not in a, I'm not in a regulated place. But the more that you can realize that and then not judge it and have the support of, okay, whatever you need. And then just learn, like, this is just the hormonal imbalance and lack of sleep. And just, Mm -hmm. you're so tapped with being like, you're the dependent for the baby to survive, especially with Mm -hmm. nursing mamas who are breastfeeding. It's the full-time job. The power to all your mom, all the nursing mamas out there and the pumping mamas. But you know what? A fed baby is a fed baby and that's what's most important. It doesn't matter where it yeah, comes from. Totally. Yeah. The lack of sleep and the hormonal implode. I think I said, yeah, that that's certainly like I expected <laughs> that, right? Like I expected like this was going to yeah. be really hard and exhausting, but the amount of dysregulation and being a therapist too and having all the skills mm-hmm. was just right. really, wow, I was quite surprised. But I like <laughs> to say having healthy outlets is just very essential. And don't mm-hmm. be afraid to ask for help. Ask for as much help as you can. We don't have family out here at all. Like my husband and I were from Pittsburgh. So that another that I think contributed to my rage because I couldn't just call my mom or dad or call and my husband, his mom passed away, but I couldn't ask like family for support. So you have to then create more of the, your village, right? It really takes the village going to the like mummy and me groups. So essential. 
so that you're creating like a community of other moms going through the same journey at the same time as you getting nanny mm-hmm. referrals for childcare. We still have the mm-hmm. same nanny that we had with Ariella when she was nine months. And she's like mm-hmm. a grandmother to our children. We're so grateful and thankful for her. Yeah. Yeah. We need it. We, we can't do it all alone. And, and I think that working with a lot of women who are high achieving type A personalities, that's yeah. the biggest, one of the biggest struggles I see in, in postpartum mamas is feeling like it's okay to to not only ask for and seek out help, but also to accept it when it's offered to you when you're maybe not asking, you're not using your voice to ask for your needs to be met is accepting that help and knowing that it's okay to not just be doing it all on your own. Like we need help. We're built. We're We are neurologically wired to need yes. each other and need that village to survive. So leaning into that. Get on that meal train. Um, ask for that meal train yes. for as long as possible. Yes. It is so helpful. Oh, yeah. And I loved your answer to this one. One one resource or tool I wish all new moms had or knew about. Oh, the Mommy and Me communities. Because especially one of my good friend, Brianna Capadunkel, who I think you're going to have on one of your podcasts, she just is finishing a book. I think it's called Parenting Yourself First. And mm. I did her Mommy and Me And having a mommy and me class with other moms with babies who their babies are maybe like two months, like you guys are like two months apart with birthdays. And Mm -hmm. so you're all like you're going through week to week of what's happening developmentally in the group, like individually, like you're talking about your highs and lows of the week, how you can get support, creating that community to lean on is essential. And then you have friends for life and your kids have friends for life. Yeah. I certainly found that in my, in mommy and me, it saved my mental health. It saved so much for me doing that. That, so. that is something that I always recommend my mamas who are pregnant or just had a baby get in to a mommy and me. It is so important for your mental health and just educating yourself about baby's development and understanding that what you're experiencing at home with the sleep regressions, with different, what is it like the tongue ties or breastfeed, like you're going to get tons of education and support and it's just okay. You you feel so supported in those communities Mm -hmm. as a new mama. Yes. Yes. Even if you have friends who are moms or who have been moms, I think there's something really special and invaluable about having that group support from other moms who are in, like you said, in that exact same phase yeah. that you're in. Because especially those first few months, they're so disorienting. And, and for like us, like you and I are outside of that phase now, not that mm-hmm. far out, but for even me, Blake is nine months old and I feel like I don't really remember those first few months. But when I was in it, I was in it and I needed that yeah. support from other moms who were in that same space. But yeah, I'm glad you spoke to that. And Dr. Jen is going to be starting some virtual postpartum support groups because I know not every community has in-person ones, which and I think they're becoming more common, especially as we get more out of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I'm so happy about. But in future episodes, Dr. Jenny is going to do a whole episode, talk about the importance of these groups and hopefully get some moms connected to each other that don't have in-person, either the ability to go to an in-person or don't have them in their community. 
So, Amy, so just tell us where you are, how people can find you. I know you're full. Your practice is full. But how can people find you on Instagram? And are you going to be doing any retreats anytime soon? 2025, baby. Yay! My private practice is in the beautiful beach city of El Segundo. We're right next to Manhattan Beach and Playa Vista. And yeah, I specialize in eating disorders and maternal mental health and anxiety disorders as well. I also used to be a dolphin trainer and did uh, dolphin assisted therapy with, with dolphins and Curacao. And I loved the connection with ocean and, and healing. And I have a small LLC called Your Beautiful Beginning, which offers wild dolphin wellness retreats. And they were offered in Hawaii and Puerto Vallarta. The next one is going to be in Bimini, Bahamas in 2025. This is going to be just for women. It's going to be self-love, self-care. It's a seven-day retreat. I'll have more info in the upcoming months, but I'm really excited for this one. And I'm also, so Rachel handed me the torch from South Bay Eating Disorder Coalition. So I'm the president with our nonprofit <laughs> coalition here in the South Bay. And we, it, I'm really excited to share this with you. We're going to be speaking at Hermosa Valley Middle School next month. And we're going to, we're going to be a panel and we're going to have some clients who are in high school share their story of recovery. And oh my gosh. so community outreach, connecting our families with resources to educate about eating disorder prevention and really start practicing, really shifting the language and the narrative around body image, food, weight, and how you can really offer more compassion and a healthy sense of self and acceptance. So I'm really excited for wow. that. So I'm hoping we can do that for all of the schools here in the South Bay. But that's going to be next month. It is not easy to get into public school, like through all that tape. So I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I can't wait to share about that too. If anyone is listening and they want to reach out, please feel free to email me, amyquinn.gmail.com, or you can visit my website. It's just amyquinn.com. And uh, I am full right now, but you can feel free to reach out. And if I can't take you in a few months, then I will hook you up with somebody amazing. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll link Amy's email and website. And if they're interested in your retreats, they, I'm assuming they can just email you there or contact you via your website too. And then I'll also link the South Bay Eating Disorder Coalition website as well in case there's any other mental health or medical professionals listening that want to know more about what, what that amazing team is doing up there with the nonprofit and that advocacy work. So I will link all of this in the notes. And Amy, I'm just so grateful for you and your energy and your soul and your heart. And it was so good to connect with you and to get to share you with our listeners. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. Love you so much. Thanks so much for tuning in with us today. If you enjoyed this episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. Your feedback means the world to us and helps us know which conversations you are needing the most. 
and we'll keep bringing you new episodes every week. So hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Also, be sure to check out the show notes for any links or resources that we mentioned. We're on this journey with you. So be sure to find us on the gram and TikTok. Plus, go to bloomafterbaby.com and grab our free guides on all things motherhood created just for you. Breathe, be well, and keep growing, mama.